Hi, and welcome to a new episode of No Life Like Show Life. I'm super excited for this episode because I want to start a little series on successful amateur riders in Europe. And my guest today is no stranger to the industry. Welcome, Alan Vincent. Alan, can you introduce yourself, although I'm sure that most people might know you. Hello, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Alan Vincent. Uh, I'm 27 years old. I'm a quarter horse breeder and a horse show exhibitor. So can you tell me when and how did you start getting involved with horses? When did your riding career take off? Well, I first got involved with horses when I was 10. Um, basically, my mom put me in a, in a summer camp where you, where you ride horses at a, at a horse riding club during the holidays. And uh, I've done that with my sister and uh, basically never stopped riding horses ever since then. Uh, I got my, my first quarter horse. When I was um, 12, he was a three-year-old gelding. And uh, I later had uh, Intrigo, which was my first show horse uh, when I was 16. So I've been showing horses since I'm 16. I'm 27 now, so I, 11 years of, uh, of showing and um, 17 years of riding horses. I think most people might know Intrigo, but can you still say a few yeah. sentences about him for everyone who doesn't know him? Well, yeah. So Intrigo was my first show horse and um, he he was really a great first partner. I mean, he would be a great partner anytime, but as a, as a first partner to show with, he was the perfect match because he helped me build confidence inside the pen and uh, and and just be really competitive, you know, and it's when you, it's easier to like something when you're good at it. And uh, it made me feel like I could do it. And so, yeah, it just made me want to keep getting better and better. And, and it was a motivation and, uh, and a reward at the same time. And I think I remember that we did an interview a few years ago um, when you won some title on your other horse only because I'm cool but you said that yep. Intrigo was the horse that shaped you into the rider you are today is that right? Well he for sure played a, a huge part but to be honest all of the horses shape you and they and they shape you every day uh, it's a constant growth and um, he, he, he helped me develop some confidence in the pen and and like I said he made he it made me strive for more because when you when you see that you can be good at something, it's easier to keep going. But uh, to be honest, a horse like Crosby taught me just as much, if not more, because uh, Intrigo was easy, was a finished horse. There is nothing I could do to get him going wrong, you know. Whereas Crosby was a little bit less forgiving. He was a freaky talent. Uh, he's a unique mind, and um, I think on Crosby, I made uh my mistakes and my glory on him so i think yeah in general is it's both of them play a huge part but to be honest every horse does i think you just mentioned crosby he's probably one of the other horses that are really special to you but what other horses are also very special well i don't really like to compare them and say this one is more special or this one is more special uh, at the end of the day, to be honest, they don't even need to be special to teach you something. All of them will teach you something. But um, as far as special and playing a big role in in how I evolved around horses, for sure those two played 
a huge part. But for example, my first quarter horse, my very first quarter horse that I owned and I had at home, played a part that was just as important because at the end of the day, he's the one that made me discover um, what it was to have a, a horse on a daily basis and to appreciate the animal before I actually even started to practice the sport because at that time I was just going around, to be honest. So you're sure going to come across some pretty special ones and as far as what they're going to do for you and or put you in the spotlight or whatever. But at the end of the day, you have to appreciate all of them, I think. Okay, but you've also shown horses that were not your own, right? Yeah, so basically, Karen, let me show her mare. Uh, came here comes trouble. Uh, we call her Jamie. And uh, she's by Arnabas of Sutton out of Blazing My Troubles Away. And uh, Bla Blazing My Troubles Away is probably the most iconic mare that there is in the, in the pleasure and all around the industry. She's won the, the Congress and the World Show so many times uh, in the Western Riding or the Western Pleasure. And it uh, seems like the Jamie is a little bit like Mama. She has the, the most important quality for me, which is the self-carriage. And that's going to that's gonna help her go in, in whichever direction. She's going to be a great late changer. She's going to be a, a great pleasure horse, I think, for her whole life. Because that's just her. The way she moves is just her. We don't have to, to teach her that. And she has that self-carriage. Her wither is always up there. She's, you always get that lift every stride. You don't have to force anything. And, and I think that's what makes her unique and, and, and great, you know. And um, yeah, that day I was just lucky to be sitting on her. I was begging Karen, to be honest, for a month to let me have a, a chance at showing that mirror because I ride her a little bit here and there at home. And uh, I always connect with her. I always click on her. It's, it's just a, a match. It's one of those horses you get on and, and, and you feel at home. And... Um, Yeah, it was apart from the fact that we won the class, I, I probably had one of my very best rides in that arena that day in the pleasure, to be honest with you. So, yeah, that's it's just magic. That's that's all. That's the only way I can really describe it and and describe her as as a horse. She's just magic. You don't you don't make them like that. They are either born that way or they're not. And uh, that one is for me. She's she's the the best horse that there is in the in the pleasure in Europe as far as the pleasure is concerned and she'll probably be very competitive in the in the western riding and all around event as well so my humble opinion that's that's the horse out there you're going to be looking for and you just talked about your career we should probably you know give people some context can you just name some titles you've won i mean i know some but you probably know better <laughs> well i did win a lot but i I honestly don't even think that it's relevant to talk about what I've won or how many times I've won it because you have to do it again every time. I mean, you have to prove yourself every time you you walk in the pen anyways because it's 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 gone. You know, whatever you've won, it's, it's, it belongs to the past and you just have to keep moving forward and, and stay hungry for the next one. And uh, I honestly just focus on, on getting better and to make sure that I, I, I stay competitive every time I go out. And um, I honestly really try to focus on doing things the way I like them. You know, I try to not change my mind every, every horse show to, to please a certain trend or a certain taste. 
I really have my my ideas in my mind that are pretty clear and I try to stick to them. And um, I think eventually if, if you just keep going like that and you have a good education on, on what's good and what's not, eventually the titles are going to come. But um, yeah, just keep moving forward. I think that's something very important you're saying because I think this industry is so fast, you know, you win something oh, one yeah. day and you feel like the next day you have to get back again and work and work for the title. Well, yeah, you know, I think it's it's normal. You know, you should not have an advantage based on what you've accomplished before. I think the only thing that really changes is the expectation that you can get uh, of yourself and you can get also from other people, maybe, if they're used to seeing you in a certain position to fight for a win on a on a regular basis that it's normal that they expect you to be good again the next time around and the next time around but i think that's where the difficulty is is to make sure you're competitive on a very consistent basis and um yeah it's it's something you have to accept uh, you have to enjoy your wins when you get them but quickly put them behind you and move forward and get back to work to make sure that you're just as good or even stronger the next time you come out. Yes, I think that's very true. And I think people sometimes tend to forget that. But you've been highly successful in the Western Pleasure. Why do you love the event so much? Well, to be honest with you, I, I enjoy Western riding or even raining almost as much as I do enjoy pleasure. But it's it's true that I have been more successful in the pleasure because that's also what I've done most. Um, about the pleasure, I honestly love to see the the young horses coming up and see their their talent taking shape and see the potential become competitive. Um, I think that's where the beauty of pleasure is, is that um, it's a mix of things that you can control and things that you cannot control uh, because there is the God-gifted talent from the horse point of view and there is the, the, the training program from your part that make that talent work for you. And and I think that's that's where the magic is. Um, it's a sort of mix of art and science, I think, and that's that's what makes it special. Yeah, that's why it's called Western Pleasure, right? Because it's so yeah, much exactly. fun. Should be a pleasure to ride. Yes, you just mentioned reining. Can you tell a little bit about your reining horse? His name is Amos Puxtu. He's a 11-year-old stallion by Spooks Get a Gun. Uh, I've owned him since he was a two-year-old, and. Um, yeah, I just had lots of fun with him, and uh, and he taught me a lot too because he's he's a very talented individual, incre incredible horse, uh, really incredible horse. I had lots of fun with him. And how many horses do you have at the moment? I have something like eight horses right now. And you have also founded Alan Vincent Performers. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Well, Alan Vincent Performers actually represents the globality of my activities around this industry. Uh, I basically breed a few quarter horses, raise them, I train them and uh, eventually sell them. Sometimes I also get to show them if they're not sold before. I don't make crazy numbers because I do it on my own and I rather focus on the quality rather than the quantity so I can stay behind it. And um, yeah, that's really the goal is to raise some, some good horses and offer them to the public and just do a good job at it, you know, do things the right way. What does it make? so exciting for you what's the thing you love about seeing those young horses growing up and eventually performing well just like you said it's the process you know you 
You start off by picking up the stallion for your broodmare, then you see the babies being born. Uh, you watch them grow. You are the first one to to ride them, and uh, it's just the whole process happening right in front of your eyes. It's just fascinating, you know, and it brings you a lot of satisfaction from it. It's I love this part just as much as I love the showing part, to be honest. And which horses are you going to show this season? Well, unfortunately, this year we don't have a full show season again. So all I know of right now is the one coming up in Crete uh, next week. And then the the Europeans in August. And that's the two shows that I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to attend. Uh, I'm going to be showing the Dirty Diana, came Moving So Sudden, and uh, Crosby. But apart from that, I really don't know what we're going to be going to. So right now my focus is really just on those two shows and uh, we will see later for the rest. I think Dirty Diana, as you call her, is a really cool little mare. What do you like about her? Well, Kay, I'm moving so sudden. is a very, very talented mare. She's six years old uh, by Arlbus of Sudden. I've bought her as a winning from Masterson's Farms in the, in the US and um, I'm currently showing her and uh, she will be part of my breeding program later on. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, with the quality that she has. Well, absolutely. You know, I mean, good mares are really hard to find. And, and with her, with the, the, the qualities that she has, I really wanted to take the chance and keep her as a future broodmare, you know. But how do you manage going to shows and showing the all around at the raining? I mean, your schedule must be really busy. Yeah, the horse shows are usually pretty busy. Um, the key for me is to give a good look at the program and uh, organize my whole horse show around the classes that I want to be really competitive in and to pick my classes in a smart way so that I put myself and my horses in a position where we can prepare the best we can for those, for those key moments. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's all I do. I just try to use common sense and put myself in a position to, to do the best I can. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Crosby has won so much. He's been so successful, but do you still have any specific goals for him or any classes you might want to try or, you know, evolve a little? To be very honest, I don't really have a precise goal. Um, I try to get him better in the, in the Western riding. I try to introduce him to the trail. But I don't have that pressure of a, of a goal to accomplish with him. I try to really just enjoy him because I think he's done more than his, than his part. You know, I mean, he's proven himself. So now I just really enjoy him and have fun with him. Yeah, so, so he's already quite seasoned. Crosby is nine years old. If looking at our industry, what things do you like and what would you like to change? Well, our industry in Europe, I think, has a lot of qualities, but I think there's also a lot we can improve as far as the pleasure scene, because that's what I can tell, tell you about. Um, I think we don't have enough places to go to as far as special events for those Western pleasure horses, uh, especially on the fertility point of view. Um, I just don't think we have any real fertility at the moment for Western pleasure, a fertility that's open to everyone and... And something that is exciting uh, for the owners, for the trainers, and, and for the public, you know. Um, I think if you don't have those special events, 
you you don't motivate people to be to be good at it and you have to remember that the pleasure is the foundation for the all-around horses in general so those horses they last a lot of years in the industry these are the horses that are going to come back and do trail and western riding and all those events for years and uh, i think if we don't have special events uh, with a big spotlight on them you're going to lose that motivation from from the people that are doing it and the people are going to get less and less good at it uh, and it's too bad because I think if you look at it in the last few years there's been a lot of great great pleasure horses on the European circuit and I don't think they got the chance to show their qualities I don't think they got the spotlight they deserved um, I just I just think we need more special events for those horses that's that's about it and 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 events that are open to everyone something that is worth winning. So how many hours do you spend at the barn if you ride eight to 10 horses every day? Well, I ride between five to six days a week, depending on, on how much work there is to do. Um, I ride around eight to 10 horses every day. Uh, and I ride a little bit of everything, younger horses, older horses. Um, yeah, I just love doing it. and. And if I want to get better, like I said before, I just have to, to ride as many horses as I can because that's, that's ultimately the, the, the best way to get better is just to get as much experience as, uh, as you can get. Just different horses, different problems, different solutions. That's just the part I have to make if I want to achieve my goals and, and, and become who I want to become. As you just said, or you said it before, you're a really competitive non-pro and I feel like the, you know, There's many groups of non-pros. Some are more competitive, some are less. Why are you so competitive? What shaped you into that kind of rider? Because I can totally understand the feeling of, you know, wanting to do the job in a way by yourself. But what yeah. fueled that in you? It really is to each his own, I believe. Like me, I just, I'm just staying myself. That's just the way I am. I'm a competitive person by nature. I think everybody has to live that passion they have for horses in the way that fits them the most. Not everybody has to go out there and ride horses six days a week or be so hard on themselves and have big expectations from themselves. I think as long as people enjoy their horses in the way that that's really the, the, the most convenient for them, I think it's, it's all right and I think everybody should be respected in the same way. If I want to go out there and, and put the effort all the time to be the best I can be, then it's, it's, it's good for me. That's the way I see it, you know, but I don't, I don't force my, my opinion or my way to look at things on anybody else. Um, I think also the reason why I, I have been so competitive as far as results is the fact that I've come across some great, great horses and they did the part. Um, And me as a rider, uh, I can have some some qualities and and I will also have my weaknesses. Like for example, uh, when I when when I started, I didn't have the best work ethic. I had great desire, and I put a lot of heart in everything I did, but I didn't have the consistency in my in my work. So that's something that I had to address. And I think the first step to better yourself is to look at your weaknesses and, and address them. So 
that's what I did and and now I just try to focus on 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 my goals and stay dedicated and and just keep moving forward. Okay, and your horses live at KPR, right? I think we should mention that because yeah. probably not everybody knows that. But oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, can you tell a little bit more about that? Yep, uh, I have been here at KPR Quarter Horses for nine years now. I came here in 2012 and um, yeah, to be honest, I, I don't think there could be a better place in Europe uh, where I could get as much experiences uh, around horses uh, as, I, as I did here. So that, that played a big part in developing the rider I am today too. I was lucky to, to ride along some great riders here and, and, and also the fact that when I'm training here on a daily basis, And, and, and I see the, the riders that are around me uh, and the quality of horses that are here. I know that if, if I look competitive beside those, I'm going to be competitive anywhere. And that, that's, that's something that plays such a big part because it keeps me pushing every day. I mean, there is so many great horses here and, and great riders that, that you just, you just always, always motivated to, to keep getting better. Absolutely. And what do you do during the off season? I mean, I assume that in the summer you're preparing for the shows, but what do you do in the off season? During the off season, uh, you usually have to start working on the younger horses, the ones that are not ready to show yet. And um, some of the older horses, you're going to put new events on, for example, the pleasure horses. You try to teach them uh, lead changes and trail and such things. But uh, there is always something to keep you busy, believe me. Yeah, I believe so. Will you come to the summer show? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. Oh, that's great. What classes do you have planned? Can you tell me? Yeah, I do have uh, an idea of what I'm going to show. Uh, I mean, of course, my focus is going to be on, on the NSBA classes, the Golden Series Pleasure. Um, I'm going to be showing in a, in a few Western riding classes. Uh, but for the rest, uh, we'll see. Um, uh, I want to make sure that the, the schedule doesn't change and uh, see where I, where I can take my horses there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because it's summer show, they have NSBA classes. Yeah, it's always exciting to have the NSBA classes. I think they should, they should make more of them. Yeah, and they're kind of special, you know, like with trotting down the middle and it's more like yeah, of a sure. festive character. It's a well, it's a title class and it's a money class, so it always add some uh, excitement to it, you know? Because like I said, we don't, have, we don't have many of those. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm excited to see what other shows and classes we will have this year due to the pandemic. I think it's kind of crazy this year, but maybe next year oh. we will get a usual show season, who knows? Well, let's hope for it. Has your daily training changed due to the pandemic? At the very beginning, no, because um, I didn't think that the shows would get canceled. It was, it was hard to tell if that thing was going to go away pretty fast or it was going to stay because we had a mix of informations about it. So as long as the horse shows were planned, I, I, I just stuck to my program. But then as the shows got canceled, you know, you cannot keep the horses 100%. So I had to, to, to get some pressure off some of those horses. And it, it was weird to handle because... You'd be hopeful for the next ones, you'd get ready again, and then, then it'd get canceled again, so you'd just let the pressure down again. It was just, just confusing. It was not easy to handle. 
Yes, absolutely. Let's hope it gets better. Let's hope we will have some more horse shows and we will see each other again. And thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.